I, I do have a particular message that I wanted to bring this morning uh, that is really important for you guys right now. I, I don't do generic messages. I always ask God, what do you want to say now? Uh, and, and so it's, it's got to be fresh bread or nothing. So these are potentially uh, original thoughts, which is crazy. So just get ready for me. If you know me, um, that's something. So I was reading the book of Acts, and we're, we'll, we'll get to the scripture in just a minute, but the adventure church is still the adventure church. Okay? I know what you guys have gone through. I live it, and I'm living it myself. But you guys are living it uniquely as people that are now on, a, on another part of your journey. And uh, I was here uh, during the memorial time, and that was uh, time to grieve, and I'm not expecting that anybody be through grieving. But I, as I was thinking about uh, coming together today, um, I, I always want to look to Jesus. What was the pattern of Jesus' life? Because that's where we get our discipleship. Yes? Yeah, not from church stuff. I mean, we got great meetings and stuff around here. But I'm telling you, look at what Jesus does, and you're going to be on, on the right track. And so when I got to the, uh, the book of Acts, uh, I read this, this first line, and I'll read it to you um, the whole thing later. But it just says, uh, in my first book, Theophilus, I composed these words. And I really felt like the Lord was saying to you guys that you're in the second book. And similarly, as your leader was taken to heaven, so in this story, their leader was taken to heaven. And they had all the same emotions. They all had the same questions and wonders about what, are, what, what does this mean for us and what are we going to do now and all those things. And, and they were feeling the same emotions that you, who have been part of the adventure for some time, have, have felt, are feeling. Um, I, I don't even know where I am in my process. I... I, I uh, I have many levels of denial in my life, and um, I just put things on it. It's like, right here ought to be good. So someday I'll come back here and tell you that I'm some, somewhere through my uh, process, but that's not today. But at the same time, these disciples had to come together with Jesus and understand that God was doing something new. And God is doing something new, and the new of God is always more amazing than you can imagine, right? Uh, I'll tell you a little bit of the story because I'm talking about the two books and I was there at the writing of the first book of the adventure. It was an amazing book. In fact, uh, Pastor Eric and I used to uh, meet in my, in my office every day before he'd go off to work. He had a real job and pastored, uh, which is, I don't know how he did that, but um, and, and a growing family, but he would come in and we would talk about the kingdom of God. We'd talk about discipleship. We would talk about the, the issues that we had of our heart. And I began to train him on what he might look for in being a pastor. Now, in my selfish soul, which if you knew me, I'm real, but I am real selfish. I mean, I, I really am. I, I really thought the world revolved around me. And so I thought that God had brought Pastor Eric into my life so that he could do the work of ministry and I could kind of kick back because he was really good. And, uh, and I wasn't all that. And so uh, I decided that training him to be, you know, like, you know, assisting associate, I mean, you know, give him some titles, uh, pastor would be awesome. 
And so I was pouring into him, pouring into him, and, and we'd, we'd whiteboard everything and write it down. And, and uh, then one day he came in for our morning session, and he, and he said, man, before we get started, I want to tell you something the Lord told me. And I'm like, oh, great, because he, uh, if, if you know Eric, uh, he was very prophetic. He, God was talking to him a lot, and I always try to shut God up because, um, you know, sometimes it went against my purposes. Um, so, but on this one, it was definitely against my purposes because he said, I, I, I think Jody and I are supposed to plant a church. And I'm like, well, that can't be right. Um, because I was really expecting you to be here for, you know, at least 20 years. So you you ought to go back and pray about that again. Um, but once I gave myself actually to, uh, the spirit of God, uh, I started to see the, the adventure book one unfold. And so uh, instead of, you know, I was, I was really cautious because we'd been planting some churches before Eric and some of them we had planted locally. Like Pastor Ira, he took like 50 people from our church, which I hated. I don't, you know, the problem with church planting is it's goofy. It's like people leave. And, and I mean, I'm used to people rejecting me. You know, people come and visit and they listen. They go, oh, you're all, you know, Eric, Ira says, oh, he's, he's, uh, he's real. It's like, yeah, what you see is what you get. And they're like, well, I think I'll go down the street. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, rejection is part of what we do. But when you're rejected by 50 people at a shot, that is just really bad. And, and so uh, I said, well, I don't want you to go close because you'll probably just hive off the whole church and I'll have to start over. And I, 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 I don't want to be the church planner. You be the church planner. So I said, this is what I should do. I'm going to refer to a higher authority. And so I'm going to take you up to uh, our district supervisor because he's all wise. Uh, Robbie Booth at the time. And so I took uh, Eric and Jody up to... Uh, the district office. And on the way, uh, Jody, she only had one, one statement that was really important to her. And she said, I'm willing to go anywhere God sends me as long as it's not Utah. <laughs> now, how many have ever been tasked by God with something you don't want to do? Right. Because you think that you know what's in your future. But look at you now. So anyway, we're up there. And uh, Robbie's like, you know, I've been praying about some places that would be good for, for young church planners to go. And I really have been playing, praying, and I, I believe that you're supposed to go to Salt Lake City. <laughs> and to which Jody immediately broke down and said, no, all of my fears have now overtaken me. And... Uh, it's just uh, bad, and, and it, it, it was. It was really something that, you know, somewhere in her soul was like, no, please don't. But of course, as you know, uh, your dear Pastor Jody, she is one who knows how to say yes to God no matter what, Amen. right? And, and that really is the makeup of all disciples. All true disciples are people who say yes to God no matter what. Right, and we all don't want to go through through certain valleys of the shadow, uh, but we learn, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. And so she did, and of course they they came out here, and I watched for the next many many years God do amazing things uh, through 
the act of one person saying yes and then dragging a whole bunch of other people from California <laughs> again out of our church. I'm like, you know, our church like immediately dwindled because all the cool people were gone. Uh, they had all moved to Utah. It was terrible. And, and people come and, and I'd say, yeah, we had our glory days. Uh, we were pretty awesome. I mean, our whole worship team, hello, like, like, you know, five home group leaders. And I'm like, man, we're just decimated here. Uh, it literally took us like 10 years to, to, uh, start over. We're still crying. (laughs) Anyway, but God was doing a great thing here, right? And then, uh, 16 years later, I'm looking at all of you and of course so many others that have been touched by God in in the Salt Lake area and going, isn't God amazing? Only he can write books like this. And so as I was thinking about that today, I was just reflecting and going, well, we, we have to start another book. Because the book that was written, and I was there for every part of it, is now come to not an end, but the volume has ended. How many have ever uh, like read the Lord of the Rings or at least seen the movies? Or, uh, okay, how many Lord of the Rings fans? Yeah. Yeah, go Frodo. Yeah. That's me, you know, a little short guy, you know, hairy feet and stuff. Uh, he's like, don't know what he's doing. And all his friends are going, yep, he, that ain't going to work. Uh, so, but we're with you. Yeah, we, you're, uh, and that's how the adventure is. You guys are, are a group of people who are, are now tasked with being part of a new book. And that's what, what uh, Luke was getting at. So I want to just read this, and I want to talk to you about, about being part of this next book. This is what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. It says, The first book I composed, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. These guys had the same problem you guys have, is that their leader was taken to heaven and they were left with the task, the task of after. But just as these disciples, and we'll read on in just a minute, just like these disciples there was already a plan in place. There was already a Holy Spirit, well, ready to be poured out for these guys, but it's already been poured out on you. And there's already been a predetermined works for you to walk in. Already there, whether you choose it or not. Right? And so they were going, ah, I don't think I like this, but as we'll read on, we'll see some of the things they did. So, on one occasion, and I like this one occasion, you know, they, they met for 40 days, but on this one occasion, Luke says, man, I got to put this part down. <laughs> this is good. He'll love this. Uh, while they were eating, while he was eating with them, because Jesus loved to eat, uh, okay, and he gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. All right, you heard I hear a woo. All right, everybody put up their hands, go like this, and go, woo-hoo, Holy Spirit. All right, just so, I can get people to do anything in church. All right, 
We're not that church, okay? I always loved one of uh, the values of this church was not weird, okay? <laughs> you know, weird people, yes, but church, not weird. Okay, we don't weird, do weird things. But every once in a while when you read about the Holy Spirit, you just got to say, yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about. Let's get filled with the Holy Spirit because I can't do this in my flesh, right? How many have been trying to do stuff in the flesh and you're tired? Yeah, I know. Some of you are you're napping in the back. You're like, oh, man, I'm glad I came here. They lowered the lights. <sighs> this guy's boring. But that's not what God's doing. He's saying, let me fill you because I've got some new things to write in this book. Okay, moving on. So he says, be filled. And so then they gathered around and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Which is, this is like one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because this is exactly how every disciple responds when God says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to wait for the Holy Spirit. And they said, when are you coming back? Do you hear where they're going? They're like, um, it would be better if you just like, came back. Like, are you coming back and, um, soon? Because I really don't like being on this, like, I got to do stuff. And so they're kind of choosing. And then Jesus, I love what he says. He says, well, it's not for you to know the times and the dates the Father has set by his own authority. See, because the problem with disciples in transition is they always want to know what's really going on, right? What's really happening at this church? What's happening at the adventure now, right? And God has given us an assignment. And, and some people get caught in the rut of going, uh, but, but, but what about them? What are, what are those guys? Are they still doing that? Right? And they get their eyes off the mission and they put them on other people and maybe what's going on. What's, what, have you heard? Have you heard? Have, has anybody heard? I don't know. Right? Instead of saying, the Lord has spoken, I've heard that. And he's called me and he said, I'm going to be filling you up so that you can execute what I have desired for you because you're in the next book. Aren't you glad? Are you glad you're in the next book? You were in the last book too. Isn't that cool? It's kind of like the Lord of the Rings. You're in book one, two, and three. It's pretty cool. Uh, I I love that. So instead of trying to dodge the responsibility that God is now laying on your heart, instead embrace it. Don't worry about what tomorrow brings because they're like, what time? What time is the coming of the Lord? And I love end time stuff. I I, I tell you, I love to dabble in, in everything biblical. I love the Bible, you know? But I learned a long time ago about the end times. The end times uh, and knowing about the end times is simply so that we will be completely motivated that our time is running out. So that we don't get, you know, bins watching Netflix for our whole lives while the world is going to hell. Can I say that in church? Okay. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm all good. I've, I've been watched, binge watched many hours of Netflix, so I'm, I'm, good. I'm okay with that. But not at the neglect of what God is calling you to do. Okay. You know, as long as it's recreation and not whatever. Okay, moving right along. So Jesus, so they're doing the dodge, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, It's not for you to know the times and the dates. Don't worry about the other people. Don't worry about what's going on. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's some pretty clear instruction, right? He's He's just saying, you, you. Don't worry about it, you. Okay, and then they go on. And after this, he said, he, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, 
and a cloud hid him from their sight. They're having this conversation. I mean, this is, you know, hope I don't go out like this. It's like, hey, you guys, <laughs> take care of business. Woo! And I was like, you know, I always wonder, I mean, I, I'm childlike in both my faith and my life. Um, I, I always think of my kids at Disneyland, you know, when, when you're, you give your kid a balloon, how many have children and you've given your child a balloon? Yeah, you give them a balloon and what's the first thing they do? You're like, hey, here's a, here's a Mickey balloon. And they're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and you're like, and you sit there, you watch it go into the oblivion. And your kid's crying, oh, my balloon. Anyway, that's what I, I think was happening here with these disciples. They're like, it's like, no, Jesus, come back. And so they just, it says, he went, they was hid from their sight and they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. <laughs> They're like, whoa, Jesus. And they must have got stuck there. Just like we get stuck. Looking at things that are gone and saying, man, where'd they go? And they needed some encouragement. So it says, they were looking intently in the sky as he was going and when suddenly two men dressed in white, stood beside them. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? I just want to encourage you. It's time for somebody to tell you no more reason to look into the sky right now. It's time to put your gaze back on what God has called you individually and corporately to do. Then he says this, the same Jesus who has been taken away from you into heaven will come back in the very same way that you have seen him go. Which is awesome. Jesus is coming again. Amen? Amen. So, there's still one more part here. So they, these guys were wise disciples, kind of like you are wise disciples. And so the apostles returned to Jerusalem just as Jesus had told him. And from the hill uh, called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. What were the women doing there? Oh, just thought I'd mention that. Maybe I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, uh, I just had to bring it up because they were there on purpose. Because they were part of the book. Important women. Like Mary, the mother of Jesus. That would be important, right? She was there. And what they were doing was they had come together now, just like you guys are coming together, and they began to be with God and to seek God for the next chapter of their life. And that's what God is doing now with you. We've moved our gaze and we started taking a short journey. A Sabbath day's walk was a short walk because you weren't allowed to walk a long way because that would be breaking the Sabbath. And they went to their room and they said, man, let's get together and begin to ask God, how will you use our lives now? Amen? Yeah. I think there might have been another 
part of that. Okay. So let me talk for just a couple minutes about a few things. Now, in this, in this verse, there's kind of three responses that, that can happen when Jesus gives us instructions or that we're given instructions in church. You guys have a great leadership team. I mean, they're awesome. You have an incredible worship team. I mean, like, why stop? I know the speaker. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> you know, give him 10 minutes. It's like, hey, peace, guys. We love you. All right. Uh, because you guys are historically a church that knows how to come into the presence of God. But let me encourage you. A lot of times we shrink back in worship, right? Sometimes we get uncomfortable in worship because we, we start, instead of reflecting on God, we start reflecting on ourselves. We're going, well, I wonder how I feel. Oh, I don't really like that song. Oh, you know, I don't know the tempo. It's like, whoa, man, I, I can't get into it. Let me encourage you as disciples of Christ who say yes to God to always engage in worship. And I mean engage. It's easy to, you know, start thinking about, oh, I wonder what, you know, what's happening. It's, oh, there's Jim. I'm going to see you after church. And, you know, uh, and I see it all the time in our own church. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not chastising you at all. But I want you to get where God is taking you. And where he's taking you is for you to be fully engaged in worship, in prayer, and in the mission that God has already laid out for you. Does that make sense? And so if the, if the song says, raise your hands, raise your hands. If the song says, kneel down, go ahead, offend your neighbor. Uh, okay, unless you got bad knees. Uh, yeah. But it's okay because, it, see, in music, that's what I love about worship. But we always do, we do what you guys do. Is we always make people sing songs that they would never say out loud. Like, I will give you all of my life. Now, you're, you know, if I say, are you going to give all your life? You're like, yeah, maybe. No, I mean all your life. Your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You say, well, yeah, I'll tell you that but I'm going to go home and do what I want. But in a song, you'll sing away. Yeah, I'll give you all of my heart. I'm out and, and it's exciting. And then you go home and that thing just plays. You ever have those songs stuck in your head? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's called Holy Spirit discipleship. The song re- remains the same. It just goes on. It's the song that never ends. Because God wants you to be fully engaged. Okay, so there's kind of three things that, that are going on here with these guys. The first thing, and, and many of you did this, I talked with many of you during the memorial uh, service times that people were saying, man, you know, I wish I would have gotten on when my pastor had told me to get on. So I'm making a new commitment to get on. And many of you did that, and I've, I've spoken and heard of many who have, you're, you did. You got on and you said, as, as my commitment to my pastor, I am now not going to be a bump on a log, I'm going to move forward. And that's awesome. I applaud you. That is great. Woo! All right, turn to your neighbor and say, I hope that was you. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, sorry. Uh, so, but we, we do. We want you guys to understand that God is, is seeking a greater commitment from you. Now, I don't mean that you've got, you know, you got to do something great. But I'll tell you, everybody that walks in this building on a Sunday morning, should get hugged by you. Not everybody, but somebody that walks in here should get hugged by you. Now, I know you're saying right now, I hate huggers. Huggers are the worst. Man, they touch you and everything. It's terrible. But you are the only flesh that Jesus still has on this earth. And it's not you. It's not for you. There's people here that haven't been hugged by anybody all week because they're living alone. 
right? Maybe they're suffering a divorce or some other loss or their children have just moved out and they're going, man, I need a hug. I need a hug. And you, your commitment to be a lover is what's going to change the world. So commitment is one thing. Then, of course, there's, there's those that they somehow missed the memo. They weren't here. Um, because Jesus is saying, I'm about to do something absolutely amazing in your midst. And they weren't there because somehow they got bumped out. Do you know a lot of people didn't follow Jesus after he died? They didn't stick around to find out what was happening. You remember the story of the road to Emmaus. The brothers on the road, they're like, man, Jesus died, I'm out. And lucky for them, Jesus was walking where they were walking. Aren't you glad? Right? And Jesus is still walking where you're walking too, but you got to open your heart to hear him say, hey, this is the memo. Get engaged because I'm writing a new, a new book and a new chapter for you. And then there's those that, that they're, they're like the disciples. Can we just wait around till you get back? Can we wait around until something really is happening here back at the adventure? You know, the people, they stick in the church and they go, man, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Now, I know none of you here, but those that are listening to this tape. Uh, <laughs> right? They're gone. Yeah. Nah, you know, and, and it's, it, I understand. That is the nature of us is because we want to be part of something that God's doing, but God's doing it everywhere. You just happen to be here on purpose. Of all the places you could be sitting right today, I mean, you could have been born on the other side of the country, the world, but God said, no, today you're here, you're with these people, listening to this guy, wow, that's amazing, it's a miracle. Because he's saying, I have a call on your life with this group of people. And let me just tell you, if you're waiting, today is the day to say I'm done waiting. Because the Holy Spirit's already here. The instructions have already been left for us by Jesus and by Pastor Eric. There's people in place, the leaders, the apostles. Uh, No, I'm already giving you guys higher titles. The servants, the slaves of the church, um, the underlings, um, they are here to serve you. So there's no sense to wait. In fact, today is the day to get on with it. Right? right. All right. Now, I, I put here in my notes, and I won't talk about it long, but some of the disciples, they did get stuck worrying about what, you know, what's happening and, and how's it all going to work out. And, and I really do want to encourage you that the kingdom is about spiritual things, not natural things. Though, you know, there's, this organization has natural things going on. We've got home groups and all these kind of things in it. But don't ever allow your heart to go to the natural when you're in a spiritual place about, you know, what that guy thinks or, you know, what's going to happen to that person. You know, this, ha- this happened to Peter. How many can identify with Peter? I am Peter. Yes, I should write a book like that. Um, you know, Jesus given him instructions in, in uh, the end of the Gospel of John. And he says to Peter, he says, oh, so this is what's going to happen. Um, you're going to die for me and stuff. And, and Peter's, <laughs> you know, it's going to be hard. And, and uh, it's going to be a grind. And, and he, he looks in, in the distance and he sees John, the beloved. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and he says, 
what about him? And Jesus says, no, no, you, you feed my sheep. You know, if, as soon as you take your eyes off of your calling and you put it on another person and wonder about them, you start to diminish your, what, your impact. And so if you were doing that, and we all do it. I mean, I did it. It's like, man, my brother Eric is nailing it. He's, he's jamming over there. Oh, you guys, that's right. I got to take care of you. I'm shepherding you. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, pastors do it. We're the worst. It's like, oh, that church is growing. Yeah, awesome. And, And you know what? Last time I checked, there's still at least two unsaved people left in Utah. It's, it's amazing. I talked to one this morning, this secretary, or not, not secretary, the lady was waiting on us for, for breakfast. And I said, boy, I hope I'm not late for my meeting. I'm running out of here. She's, she's really loudly gagging. She must have thought it was Sunday morning. And I'm like, I said, because I'm, I'm speaking at a church today. And she goes, wow, that's neat. I'm LDS. I'm like, wow, that's neat. You have an opportunity. You know, I love being in a place where there's actually a spiritual understanding. At least there's a God somewhere. And we can start with that. Uh, this last week, I, I, I did a memorial service for a, a, a family that were French. And France has lost all understanding of God. So in, in the basis of trying to help them understand the gospel. So be thankful. There's plenty of people here. So don't look at other people. This is what we're going to do. Number three, we're going to just get on with it. All right? So what these guys did, Jesus said, I'll see you later. Go wait there. And they started to get on it with it. And this is what they first did. They, it first says that they all began with one mind. One mind. The Adventure Church has a mission. It's called the Adventure on Purpose. We didn't change the name when Pastor Eric went to be with the Lord. Right? We didn't say, okay, now it's the Kick It Back Church. Right? <laughs> no, no. I don't know what's been going on here. But, but you know, you, you know yeah. You're still the adventure. Book two. And we should do the same thing. We come together like they did. We, we find the mind of the Lord. And this one mind is not, it's not like, hey, they all thought alike. Because how many know that you know, if I put two of you in a room, you disagree? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, some of you. Good. Your pastor told you that, to actually have your own brain and think it through, right? So, but this one mind, it means that they had one passion, One thing, I'm doing this. I'm going to walk in the works that God has prepared for me in advance. And that's something that we can all all go go to. And then the second thing they did was that they devoted themselves to prayer. Now, when I I mentioned prayer, half of you just fell asleep. We're going to pray. How many have been to a prayer meeting? I I was raised in a church. It was was kind of little little uh, post-Jesus movement days, and they prayed back then. Because we thought that if we prayed long enough... God would do something. But you know what I decided? Or I learned from Jesus, actually. It's in the book. He said, uh, this is what I want you to do. When you pray, don't say a lot of words. Why? Because your father knows what you need before you ask. Therefore, ask. So I'm reading that one day, and I'm going, okay, don't say many words. Well, that beats half those prayer meetings I was at. Um, because we had, man, we had nothing but words. And some people are better at words. How many are, are, are bad at words? You're at a prayer meeting, you're like, you're the silent person. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's me. It's like, what do I say? I'll be an idiot. Oh, no, it's all about me. Oh, no, it's right. We were praying to God. Okay, anyway, uh, that's me. I, I spent, you know, most of my life shaking 
in front of people. Uh, so he says, but ask. And, and so I figured out a long time ago that the whole idea of, of being with God is two things. One is simply to be with him. When we pray, we don't pray so that we can get something. How many have ever done that? How many have a prayer list? God, this is what I need you to do. More money. Okay, more money. Fix my kids. Make my wife happier with me. Uh, how many have ever... <laughs> you're like, okay, there's my list. Same list as yesterday. It's still happening. It's because... Prayer isn't about moving God. Prayer is about reminding us that God is moving. Okay? And when we're with God and we, and we say, Lord, here is my request, then we have eyes to see it when it comes about. You wouldn't notice it when you're not praying because you're just lollygagging through life and God's doing all kinds of amazing things around you. are like, eh, I don't know. It looks like God might be doing something. But as soon as you pray and you say, Lord, do this, and then you see it, you're like, whoa, look, God's moving. So that's why I think he says, God knows what you need. Pray anyway. Yes? All right. All right. Pray anyway. So that's what they were doing. But I think that they were doing something more than that. I think they were wanting to be with God because God is worth being with. And this is something that your pastor and I um, had a passion for. In fact, uh, I was kneeling during that one song here today, and I'm telling you, I, I just had that vision of uh, just being with Pastor Eric. Because there were a lot of days we're on our knees worshiping God with all our heart, with all our strength, with all our mind, with all our soul. Because we have a passion for God. This walk we live in is about Him. It's not about me. It's about, not about making my life better. It's about making the lives of others better around me because I am a witness. You will be my witnesses. Every one of you, when you walk out of here today, you are a witness, not a witnesser. You are the gospel. All right. At this point, I'd say amen. They're like, oh, no, I'm not a gospel. No, now they're going to make me work. Okay, I'm moving right along. Okay. Uh, amen. Thank you. Okay. So they were devoted to prayer. They were steadfast. They were, they, they were wanting God to do something awesome. And, and I will. Uh, um, I still have time, Pastor Ryder? Where is no, no, I know you guys will, will give, give me all day because I could talk all day. Uh, it, it's amazing. But I don't, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I know that when the butt falls asleep, the brain goes off. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we have hard chairs at our church, and all of a sudden I see, oh. And my, that person's butt just fell asleep. Okay, I'm wrapping it up. Okay. Let me talk for just a minute about this uh, strange passage of and the women. Now, I, I know that, and I wasn't going to, I didn't say this first service, and I probably shouldn't even say it now, because I know it's really not an issue with everybody that's here. I mean, it might be a question, but it's not an issue. Um, but, I've asked myself many times, uh, being a, a, theo- a theologian and a, and a bi- bibliologist, um, I love the Bible. But I wonder, why did God make men and women different? Oh, getting theological here. Um, 
He did it on purpose for the purpose of supporting one another. Yes? yes. And uh, actually, when I was thinking about this last night, I was thinking of my wife, actually, because she could stand up against any pastor in the world as a minister, as someone with wisdom, as someone who has a, a, a word of God, who's someone who loves um, hands down. Now, I'm not saying there's not a, a, some order. seems like there's order in, in the Old New Testament and a bit in the Old. But God loves to use everyone. No one's left out of the gospel equation. And in fact, uh, we're not to see anyone in the flesh anymore, Paul tells us. That we're only to see each other as new creations created in Christ. Your past is gone. You, even your gender. Oh, that sounds like American. <laughs> wow, I should run for president. <laughs> but the women were there on purpose, and Luke wrote this on purpose, because the women were part of the book that God was writing. Okay? And I, I, I would love to talk with anybody else about that off, off the key, but I, I want you to understand that you, half of your congregation is women, and every single one of them are designed, just like all the men, to be disciples of Christ, leaders in God, and people that impact the world for Jesus. Amen. 100%, hands down. I don't care about titles. You know, titles are like, whatever, you know. I care, you know, roles are good, but I want, I would just want to encourage you, it's the titles and the roles and things that kind of mess us up. When Jesus didn't say, okay, you're this and they're this, he just said, you guys be filled with the Spirit. They already knew they were going. That's the title they had, goers. You're all apostles now. Go. Just kidding. Okay. Even the brothers. Okay. So there's one thing I want you to do as, as we wrap this up. Oh, thanks. I'm nerfing on myself is that every single one of us is now has an opportunity to have their name all over this book. Some of you already were in that last book, but some of you are making decisions. You're like, oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm not sure what my chapter is going to be like in this next book. But God is calling every single one of you to be in book two. Yeah. He is. And he has great exploits for you to be in that book. Great adventures not something you're going to do. Because, you know, Jesus, he said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they could have gone out and said, man, we saw Jesus and all this. He says, man, if you do it in the flesh, you're a mess. You're going to mess it up, which they did some things in the flesh after that. But, but instead, I want you to wait, and then I want you to rise, and then I want you to go. And that's what I want for all of us today to do. So I'm going to, as we close, this is what I want you to do. I want you to all stand up. And it says they were all together. And they were all with God. And they were all praying. And they were all waiting. And then they were all filled. And then they all went. So let's just close our eyes and I want to pray with you this morning. Lord, today we do have one mind. We have one passion. 
And it, 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 we, we love the organization of the church. We love the church. We love the gathering. We love that. But our passion is for the kingdom of God through this group of people or even anywhere else. We're fine with that, Lord, because we are of one mind. We have a passion for you and we have a passion for the work you want to do in and through our lives. And for some, I just want to make this statement for you. It's time to stop gazing. It might have been from this situation with Eric going to be with the Lord. It might be from so many other situations where we just get stuck gazing at something. And the Lord's saying to you, why do you you gaze there? I have something for you. And he's asking you to put your eyes on the mission in front of you. And then he says this, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'd like all of us just to just go ahead and just lift up your hands. Because part of the good news of Jesus Christ is we're not alone. We're not empowered by our own power source. But we have been given the Holy Spirit of God to live in us, to speak to us, to encourage us, to heal us, and to help us function in the ministries that he's called us to. So we ask you, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Go ahead and say that to him. Lord, fill us with your spirit. Fill, let's just go fill me. Fill me with your spirit. And Lord, we ask that you would help us right now to avert our gaze to that which you're calling us to and begin to commit again to your purpose. And I want to just kind of do a quick activity. Just keep your hands up, your eyes closed, and just take one baby step forward. Go ahead. Take a little step forward. Probably run into a chair. But by doing that, you are signifying with your life, since your body's connected to your feet, that you are willing to walk forward with Jesus. Lord, we're grateful that you have new things in store for our lives and for everything that you want to do in the kingdom right here, Salt Lake Valley. Draper, Utah, the Adventure Church. Thanks that you call us to be part of this new book. We love you, Lord, and are grateful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat for one second. Thank you. Okay, so I didn't say this. Uh, Now I'm going to preach to you in my second service. Um, Some of you are wondering what practically to do. Uh, You know, I, I, I was listening to the the announcements today, and I, I, I know what it's like to be a pastor. You stand up and you say, man, we need people on a mission. Um, but your Adventure for Church has a mission. If you feel like, man, I'm, 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 there's enough people taking care of business here. I want to be part of that. Please go and be part of it. Some of you, of course, feel like, man, this, this is the place I want to do all of my investing, but you don't know where to go. I'll tell you, I know that every church needs people in their children's ministry that love kids. How many actually love kids? Okay, there's like two of you. Good. You, you, got, you guys have already been signed up. Uh, okay, how many kind of like kids? 
Okay, you're the kind of the group I'm talking about here. Uh, the people that love kids will help you to love them because you don't love kids automatically. Uh, uh, they're snotty and it's like, uh, it, it's bad. They cry. It's really terrible. Um, but the more time you spend with them, the more you realize Jesus is speaking life to you through them. And, I, and I, my, my, my best discipleship, and it still is to this day because we, we have a, a preschool and a, and a Christian school at our site, I get to hang out with the kids. I spend an hour, at least an hour a day, hanging out with two, three, four-year-olds, men, and they have the best questions, best questions. If you want to get discipled, go be with the kids. Now, now some of you are like, that's never going to happen. So this is what I'm asking of you. We always need people to be greeters and ushers, even without a title. When you come in here, think, the reason I came to church today was for someone else. The person you're sitting next to needs your care. Do you know that everybody that came in here came in hurting, even on the best days, right? And they need a touch from you. You are Jesus today. But you can also do that formally. I'm sure that you can talk with any pastor around here and say, man, sign me up. I'm there. Every church has places available. In fact, I asked Pastor Ira, is there any available spots? And he said, no, there's only two left. So the first people that reach him, no, just kidding. Um, But what, what I'm saying, I'm taking too long to say it, is do something. Do something for the kingdom. Don't be a listener only, but be a doer. Because it's in the doer that actually the listening makes sense. It doesn't make sense just listening. Okay? And with that final encouragement, you can clap for me again. God bless you. Get written. Your name's already written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's get some chapters going, okay? Amen. I'll see you soon.